I am Tovacito. I believe our lives should be happy, healthy, and abundant. And I believe it's our job to get us there. Every week, I will have inspiring, educational, and fun conversations that will help you live your very best life. Welcome to The Remedy. Well, hello, and welcome to the very next episode of The Remedy with Tobacito. I am so happy that you all are joining us today. I hope wherever you are listening to this, whether it's on the road, in your car, while you're jogging, while you're cleaning, folding laundry, It's commuting. pretty great. People will be doing a lot of extracurriculars. Yes, you know, time multitasking. Yeah. <laughs> We're just so happy that you're listening today. I especially want to give a huge shout out and thank you to Trish Coffeen, who made an incredibly kind and generous donation to The Remedy with Tobacito. And Kevin lives for... Another day. Another day. <laughs> <laughs> thank so, you, Trish. Yes, thank you so much, Trish Coffeen, for your love, your support, and your great contribution. Um, you not will not only uh, sponsor this episode, but the very next one as well. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Appreciate it. Um, okay, today, you all are in for an enormous treat. I am sitting down today, and we're FaceTiming, so... Be prepared, just in case I lose her, <laughs> that there might be some technical difficulty. I have great faith in Kev, oh, DJ Kevy Kev. Don't say that. Don't jinx me. Uh, <laughs> so I'm sitting down today with one of my favorite people on the planet, um, Jen Jet. I mean, is that a rock star name or what? <laughs> Well, you're pretty close. You're pretty darn close. So I um, I met Jen, um, how long ago did we meet? Four? Three or four years ago. And um, we met, uh, It was. it's actually a really funny story how we met. I'll spare all of y'all because it's probably one of those things that when everybody else hears it, they don't think it's as funny They're as like, we do. But no. <laughs> <laughs> but I love how we met. Anyway, we met through a mutual friend. We'll leave it there. And um, and we had no idea how much we needed each other. And yeah. um, it was just, it's been a great journey and a great friendship. But that's not what why we're talking today. Um, I'm so proud of my sweet friend, Jen. Um, I'm proud of what she's done, what she's created, what she has taught me and so many others. And... Um, and so we're talking about a couple of different things today. Jen has inspired me in several different ways, and she I know she's going to be a huge inspiration to everyone who's listening today. But an amazing thing about Jen is she started um, this incredible, I, I'm going to call it a movement, um, because <laughs> I had never heard of being what you, I believe, have coined of a dream defender. So you started this camp for women. It's called Camp Well. Um, well, you do lots of amazing things, but this is probably, I mean, don't you think this is like what you do? Yeah, my baby. Your yes. baby, yes. Okay, so <laughs> I bet you can explain Camp Well better than I ever could. And so why don't you tell us about Camp Well and what it's all about and how it started and why it started. And then I'll pipe in and give my two cents about Camp Well. 
Yeah. So I, I think Campwell kind of was birthed about 10 years ago. It was a dream I had to, I'm a conference junkie. I love conferences. They have been super influential in my life. I'm always inspired and find community at conferences. And I thought, oh, I'd love to do something like this. And so that dream started about 10 years ago. And then for the next 10 years, I wrestled through a lot of fear and comparison, um, lies about myself and abilities. The thing, those are the very things that were paralyzing me. And I felt like the Lord, even in the midst of that, said, I want you to shelf this dream for now. It just was not the right time. And then about three Even years though something ago, stirred. So you're sitting yes. there at conferences and you're like, I can do this. I want to do yes. this. And I always felt like something was missing. Like I, I could see I, it was starting to form. Every time I would go to one, I'd be like, oh, I love this about this. I love this about this. But there's still something missing. Mm. And so it was. It was a stirring over several years. And then about three years ago, the Lord said, just take, you know, take it back off the shelf, but it looked so different. Now it was really the idea and the dream looked really small. Um, I'm using air quotes, but the idea just looked like gathering a small amount of women who were dreamers and doers who felt like the Lord was stirring something in them, but they were stuck and they were overwhelmed and they were paralyzed and they were believing lies and that they weren't enough, which is so obvious that the Lord wanted me to walk through all that over the years mm. so that I I could pour into others. And so we did. We launched about two and a half years ago in I cannot Denver, believe Colorado. it's only been I mean, I was at your first one. Yeah. And that feels like a lifetime ago. It does because we're about to do wow. number six. Wow. I know. I know. Wow. And I did. I just wanted to create like a it looked like camp for adults. <laughs> which it is it, which it is it's so much fun okay so define define um you say dreamer and doer like you say that in a sentence and i know what that means because i've sat underneath you for many you know mm -hmm. many uh, a talk and i understand what a dreamer and a doer is so for the yeah. person who's hearing this for the very first time who what who are you thinking of when you think of a dreamer and a doer yeah, so I think everyone lands in one of four camps around those words. They're either a dreamer mm -hmm. who, you know, wrestles and, and dreams and stays up at night and thinks of ideas and dreams and burdens about life. I mean, it could look like I'm so burdened about this one area of social justice. They dream of what it looks like to change that. It could be the dream of starting a job, um, a company, um, the dream of... Um, launching something, building something. I think doers are the are in the camp of they are executors. They get stuff done that could be inside their current job, inside their current profession, inside their families, inside whatever role they're in. And then so, I think there so are, people, are the doers the the people who get the dream done? <laughs> not necessarily. So this oh. is what I've realized: some some doers are actually doing someone else's dream. So and there's nothing wrong with that. There's right. nothing right or wrong with that. They're right. they're just really. They're, They're the executors. executors. They're the <gasps> executors. Jinx. <laughs> and then I think there are some people who are dreamers and doers. I would definitely say I fall in this camp. I'm definitely a bigger dreamer than I am a doer, but there are people who are both dreamers and doers. And then what I've realized after starting Camp Well is that some people don't feel like they can connect with either of those words. And I love getting those people at Camp Well. Sometimes they land there. 
and don't know why, but I just want to show them that um, created in God's image, they were created to dream. And my hope is that once they come to Camp Well, they can dream again. And they usually realize there's something holding them back mm-hmm. from being able to to really dream about what life could look like for them. And it's probably some lie or some fear mm-hmm. uh, yeah. that, that makes them stuck and stay where they are because they're f- afraid of what people will think. They're afraid to fail. Mm-hmm. They're afraid they're going to build it and nobody will come. I mean, I'm yeah. sure there's... And, and I hear a lot of people believe that dreaming is selfish. Mm. I don't yeah. think it's selfish at all. I don't either. Yeah. I don't either. And I think when we can start aligning with what God dreams for us, I mean, it's beautiful and amazing. Well, I um, think God puts those, the, like I think, you know, 10 years ago when God was stirring something in you, I I believe that's the great power of God. And he's oh, puts, yeah. plants those seeds and just hoping that you believe when he said, I came to give you life and not just life, right. but abundant life, right. that that he's putting those, planting those seeds because he wants you to actually do something with it. Right. And be obedient. And mm-hmm. that's really where, where it is. It's just, I love gathering women, showing them how they're uniquely wired, their unique gifts, their unique strengths, help them identify the lies, distractions, um, and fear mm-hmm. that is entangling them. And helping them find freedom in that, because there are there is obedience on the other side of that, mm-hmm. freedom and obedience, mm-hmm. and blessings, huge oh. blessings. Yes, probably yes. that you can't even imagine. I mean, what's that great verse? Like it's so much more. Like oh, in Ephesians, yes, he will give you immeasurably more than you could ask or imagine. And yeah. and I think that we're. I think it is the fear, lies, and distractions that are holding us back from experiencing the abundant life Christ came to give. And so I just love helping kind of clear the way. And I will say the thing I've seen time and time again is is one of the biggest hurdles is comparison. Mm. And it, it's rampant, yes, among women, but I think men struggle with it too. But For sure. I've seen comparison really hold people back. But what I have experienced in my own life, I went and read the definition of comparison probably about a year ago. I've really been studying and thinking about this a lot. But the definition of comparison is to establish the similarities and dissimilarities between two things, which is not a negative Mm-mm. definition. We, we have just mishandled comparison, mm. but scripture shows God comparing things all the time. Mm. And I think when we can start finding our similarities in God's image, and when we can start seeing how uniquely and um, dissimilar we are for, from other people in a good intentional way, yeah. we do find joy. Yeah. I'm ready to create a new mean Instead of comparison is the thief of joy, I think it's the it's the giver of joy. I really do. When we do it in light of the gospel. Oh, that's really good, Jen. Wow. I really, really, really like that. So I have to say, the okay, so the first time I went to Camp Well, it was in Denver, and mm-hmm. it looks really different now. So um, for, for those of you who have no idea what Camp Well is, now it exists at a um, camp. It's a, it's a dude ranch, family dude yeah. ranch that is just, I mean, I've taken my kids there and we spent time there just away from Camp Well. But the first time I experienced it, it was called Lost Valley Ranch. And it's just outside of, did we land in Denver? 
We land in Denver and yeah. drive two hours south. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And it is a magical, mm. I mean, it is heaven on earth. And and the owners <clears throat> or the people, the CEOs who run it are just, I mean, phenomenal, phenomenal friends and people. Mm-hmm. They've mm-hmm. created just this magical place that is just good and wholesome and just takes you back in time and remembers, helps you remember why you love nature, why you love sunrises, yeah. why you love scenery, why you love, why, like how God's creation is such a gift to us. But so now Campwell exists in this place called Lost Valley Ranch, which is just mm-hmm. makes, just totally <laughs> takes it to a whole other level. Oh, it does. <laughs> it's such a part of the story. It's now, you know, they say the, the movies like New York is the, is just another cast member in a movie. And I'm like, that's how Lost Valley is. Yeah. I don't know what Campwell would be if it's not ever at Lost Valley. Yeah. Lost Valley Ranch plays such a huge part in the entire process and healing and components of yeah. Camp well, like Amen it's, just, to that. it's supposed to be there. Oh, it and when is. I dream, when I dreamed of Camp Well, I did not know Lost Valley existed. But in my in my dream and how I vi- envisioned it, it was at a place just like that. Oh wow, wow! But I didn't know it existed at the time. Well, it's spectacular. So, so for somebody who's never been to camp. Um, so I, the first time I went and the, all the times that I've gone to camp, I've been one of the speakers and it's just mm-hmm. been such a privilege. And I mean, some of my dearest, closest friends now are yeah. because of camp. Well, but, and there were so many things that I learned. I mean, not only did I speak, but I sat in every session and just soaked it all in. The one thing that I really want to spend some time on talking about that I mean and this is purely selfish but it's my show so I get to do whatever <laughs> I want you, you do <laughs> uh, but I think it is just so powerful is the first time I went to camp and I heard you speak and I talked and, and you talked about uh what being a dream defender looked like mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I'd never heard this I had never um I'd never experienced it I'd never been it um, and so in, in your words, define a dream defender. Yeah, I think a dream defender is someone who intentionally seeks out those people in their life, kind of the core people. And you talk about this, you talked about this at the first camp. Well, and it sticks with people. Um, you'll have to help me remember what book or where it came from, but the, oh, the four quarters, quarters and the, hundred yeah, pennies. the four quarters versus a hundred pennies. And it's, it's, some of us have, you know, like, a hundred pennies an analogy of like a lot of friends, but who are those four core people Um, going to those people, engaging with those people, being intentional with those people and asking the questions, what burdens you, what keeps you up at night? Do you, is there a dream that you have? Um, And it could be something that looks like I dream this for my family. Mm -hmm. Like I want to see my family um, become, leave a legacy Whatever it is, it could be for their family. It could be for their career. It could be for their marriage. Um, la- their marriage. Mm-hmm. It could be for launching something. So it's intentionally asking those questions, finding out what that is, what that dream is that your friend, those core people in your life have, um, walking alongside of them as they discover the why behind that and how they're uniquely wired and gifted. 
to see that dream come into fruition. Because what will happen is after someone feels called to something, naturally what happens is doubt, fear, (laughs) distractions that we talked about. Mm -hmm. And I think a dream defender comes in and defends those dreams in light of those fears and distractions and says, but this is what God's word says about you. This is who God says you are. And this is, this is, remember back when you were called to this, remember when you had such a deep burden for this one thing and together we saw how you were specifically intentionally wired for this one thing. Mm -hmm. Let's go back there. Let's remember that. So it's, it's kind of, it's, it's coming alongside of them, supporting them, cheering them on, but also reminding them when they start believing those lies and fears, um, what is not true. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to be bold enough to speak that into our friends. What is not true? And is there anything in your life that is entangling you and keeping you from walking out God's purpose? And that could look like sin. It could look like, again, fear and lies, mm-hmm. distractions, um, but being that person that can speak in to those lives. Mm-hmm. So it's being a dream defender to your people um, and finding dream defenders for you. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing for me that the biggest impression that that had on me was I, I mean, I'm so blessed as you know, cause you know, many of my friends to have an incredible community of women that mm-hmm. just support me and love me and, they're totally always cheering me on. They're showing up They're, I mean, all of it, which I so appreciate. And I never, I never thought of them as dream defenders, but that's exactly what they are and have always been. Mm-hmm. But I think I just felt such passion for, for that when you were speaking about it, because I wasn't in a room with my friends. I was yeah. in a room with women that I didn't know. And mm-hmm. when you're in a room with women that you don't know, it you don't feel safe. You don't always, you don't always right. feel safe. Right. You don't always right. feel known. You don't always feel seen. You don't always feel appreciated. You are comparing, you know, whether it's what they're wearing or what, right. you, I mean, because you're trying to find your place, right? Mm-hmm. Like when mm-hmm. you, when you don't know the people in the room, you're trying to figure out who you are in comparison right, to, exactly. to everybody else. Well, she started this and she yep. does that. And, and, and inevitably, inevitably, I think our default as humans is to feel small. Yes. Is to feel smaller than we actually are because none of us are small. But I remember hearing that this idea of being a dream defender and thinking, okay, I don't have to ever be threatened by anybody, any other woman. I mean, I'm, I'm not threatened by men. I'm, I'm the only people that have ever threatened me are other women. I mean, right. right, wrong, or indifferent. That's my truth. It doesn't have to be anybody else's truth. But I really thought, okay, for the first time, I felt free from, okay, I can, I can cheer all these women on like I don't have to compare myself to them Mm -hmm. I can just cheer them on and whatever they're doing is amazing and whatever God's doing in them is amazing like I don't have to feel bad about myself because I'm not doing that or I'm doing it and I'm not as you know air quotes successful whatever measurement that is um and 
I, I don't know, it really opened my eyes. Campwell really opened my eyes to not only, I, I mean, yes, following my dreams, following my dreams has never been an issue for me. Like if I right. think it, I'll do it and I'll try it and I'm not afraid, but I have not always been a great dream defender. I have not always been able to be a good cheerleader because I've, I have been worried about, I think sometimes dream defenders can be perceived as kind of weak. You know, if you're Mm. cheering other women on and you're not intimidated and you, it's like, you know, those women that can be intimidating and they don't cheer and they don't engage and they, they come off as, um, sometimes like, like now I can even cheer them on. Does that make sense? Right, right, yes. (laughs) I'm not making any sense right now. Well, it's because you're so, once you, I think that's the result or one of the effects of having dream defenders in your life, that they help affirm um, where you're at Mm -hmm. and how you're wired and in your purpose. And so it's that whole idea of staying in your lane. Mm -hmm. And and that's my visual is is you're running your race Mm -hmm. that's set out before you and your dream defenders are those people on the sidelines cheering you on with the signs, with the water, telling you to keep going. You're getting tired. They're telling you it's not much further. You can do it. I can see the finish line. It's those people that are in that on the sidelines with you that just don't let you give up when you want to. Mm -hmm. And I think when you get so secure that you're running the race you're designed to run, then to your point, you are freed up to cheer on the people running what appears to be a bigger race Mm -hmm. that appears to have more um, people in the audience Mm -hmm. that appears to be more successful because you're no longer comparing your success to theirs because you're very clear on what success looks like for you. And that's the work I think that is done inside community Mm. with people supporting you and affirming Mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important. I mean, to your point, we have to be way more picky about about who we have in our circle. You know, oh, we yes, we need to really we need we really need to be picky about who we surround ourselves with, and and um, and 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 who we allow to be a part of our story. Mm-hmm. And our path, like who who's on our sideline? The line. voice, yes. Right, who's right, on our right. sideline? We need to be picky right. about that. Right, I totally agree. And that's one thing that's been fun about Camp Well is people. I remember the very first one, a girl pulled me aside and she was like, "I'm just amazed that there are people that are just as crazy as I am." <laughs> and what and what she mm-hmm. meant was in her spaces at home and in her family, she kind of felt like an outsider because she did have, she was one of the dreamers. She had all these big dreamer dreams and people in her life and her community and her family didn't get it. It's kind of, some people feel a little bit of shame. This blows my mind because I'm like you, a dreamer and a doer, but she would say that people in her life thought it was um, like, why can't you just be content with what you have? Why do you have to always be? Yes. Mm -hmm. And she was like, finally I'm with people that think, um, think bigger, mm, <laughs> you know, good. than where they're at. And it's okay if you don't, it's just, she hadn't found a community of people that didn't think she was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> We're all crazy. then. <laughs> We're all crazy. Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. Okay. So for people who are interested in learning a little bit more about Camp Well, I know you have one coming up in April and it's completely sold out. How many, how many spots do you have per camp? We have 40. So we have 40 women at a table. Our table is full for April, mm-hmm. but we have an open table in October that we have. We haven't opened registration yet, but yeah, our next one is October 21st. October 21st. And it's, mm-hmm. it's usually, isn't it like, is it Sunday to like Wednesday? When do you do it? Mon- Monday to Thursday. Monday to Thursday. I, I mm-hmm. remembered it was during the week, yeah. which is yeah. really great for moms. Oh, they love it. <laughs> of course. They love it. <laughs> You just get away. You just get away. Oh. And you will meet the most fabulous people, literally. Like some of the dearest people in my life and for sure my biggest cheerleaders. Um, uh, and there, I know there's someone listening, if not multiple people listening, that are saying to themselves, I could never go somewhere where I don't know anybody. Mm. I mean, I would argue that 90% of the women that come, come scared because they don't know someone. Mm. And, and you've seen, you have been to probably four out of the three or four out of the five and six, mm-hmm. and you've seen it every time. Mm-hmm. Exactly what you just said, the relationships that come out of that, because cha- I believe, and I've seen it every time we've done a camp. Well, change happens when we are put in uncomfortable situations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We are taken out of our comfort zone and. Um, that is when a work and a change starts happening in our lives. And part of that is showing up somewhere where you don't know anyone and it's a little scary, but guess what? About 90% of the rest of the people (laughs) don't know anyone either. It's so good. I, I mean, it is so good. So if you're needing a little bit of inspiration, a little bit of, um, a little fire under, your rear or in your belly. Yeah. 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 And our direction on how to yeah. like take all this stuff swimming around in your head and actually doing something with it. Um, this will help you birth and, and foster all those beautiful dreams that live inside of you. It is, it is truly an incredibly unique, I mean, you're right. Uh, sitting in those conferences, I've never been to anything like camp. Well, and it is, it's very special. It is very special. So I encourage anybody to... So what's the website so people can... If they want to learn more. Yeah, it's campwellsummit.com. Campwellsummit.com. Okay, so we have a few minutes. How long have we been going, Cub? 30 minutes. Oh, we have... You got time. We have time. Okay, so one thing that Jen is incredibly uh, knowledgeable and fabulous at is um the enneagram and so we're going to take a sharp left turn because <laughs> <laughs> so it has nothing really to do with camp well other than the fact kind that of. you learn yeah, about the enneagram yeah. you do a session on the enneagram right i do i do at camp well okay yeah. so so for somebody who's like what is what is she saying what is this called <laughs> explain or define the enneagram for for all of our listeners. Most of your listeners have probably heard about it, but is it? I it bet is an they eight? haven't. I feel you like. You don't think so? No. I feel like well, so many people do not know about it. Do you know about awesome. it, Kev? No. I've not have heard of it. Have you ever heard of the Enneagram? I, no. I'm telling you, I think a majority of that? people do not know about the Enneagram. I'm so is it one of those things where it. you hear it and then you're like, oh, that's what it is? Or what, what is it? No. So the Enneagram is an, it's a, 
it's been around for thousands of years, but it is a, it's a personality tool that helps um, explain that everyone in the world sees the world, feels, thinks, and behaves in one of nine different ways. And so, which helps in this understanding that when we are in conflict with each other, it's usually because we think the other person should see things the way we see it. And it's in actuality, we all see things completely different. And so it is a tool that helps you understand what motivates your behavior. Um, so it's like, like a personality co- assessment kind of? Yes, it's kind of like a personality assessment. I don't even like to call I it I was that, about to yes. say, but I have to say, you we, that, that I have to like put like big... I don't know, like asterisk or something Emphasis. like that. Yes, because you hear personality test, and whenever I used to hear personality test, I would roll my eyes. Like, <laughs> why? Uh, <laughs> like, I don't want to take one of those. Like, <laughs> this, another one of those. Another one of those. It's going to put me in a box or put me in a category. Yeah. And, yeah. but I'm telling you, the Enneagram for me was life changing, learning about the Enneagram. Yeah. Okay, and so, I love that you, I love ahead. that you said, because that's the thing with personality tests, people are like, oh no, you can't put me in a box. Mm-hmm. And the great thing about Suzanne Stabile says, the Enneagram does not put you in a box. It shows you the box you're already in and how to get out. Oh, that's really good. I know. <laughs> Go, and so, Suzanne Stabile, who wrote the book, Road Back to You, which describes and helps you kind of self-diagnose what, where you fall, which one of the yes. nine numbers you so just as an example, so like number one is a perfectionist. Number two is a helper. Nine is a peacemaker. Mm-hmm. Um, so so it it puts you in one of these nine categories. Uh, I mean, how, do, how would you say it? Is it a category? Is it? Yeah, it's one of nine types. Yeah, and, one of and nine when types. You look, That's when a better word. When you look word. at, um, so Enya means nine and Graham means you know, diagram. And so it's, it's in the form of a circle. So there's not one number is not higher or lower than another number. They all go in a, in a circle. And so it's, it's nine types. Um, and it's all based on your core fear and your core desire. And so I am a Enneagram seven and my core fear is that I'm going to be trapped in pain. And so most all of my behavior is motivated by my fear of being in pain or discomfort. And so I fill my life with a lot of exciting experiences and plans and things in order to avoid pain and stay in denial. I don't like to get bored. Wow. And so that's, that's an example of how, how you can start looking a little deeper into, um, an Enneagram type. So that's a type seven. They are the enthusiastic optimists. So what kind of pain are you afraid of? Emotional oh, pain? Any, physical any, pain? Yes. Uh, emotional pain. And so the, the thing about sevens is most people have a full range of emotions. Sevens have about a half range. And so we stay in the positive joy range of emotions because um, we, we live in denial of being sad and um, we just try to avoid it at all costs. Do you see that in you? No, I mean I have grown in this area a ton. Yeah, I know I one, don't see that in you at all. Yeah, I would. I mean, I can see it in my child, like growing up, and when I was um, in probably my twenties and thirties, I could see. Um, I mean, people. I still. I mean, you will look at my life, and people. I can't stay still. I can't stay in one place. Mm-hmm. I love to travel. I love to go and do. I have a very high, high capacity for energy, which is classic for sevens. 
Um, but we have to be careful that we're not feeling, we have to be mindful. Are we, am I doing all these things to avoid something or am I living in abundance? Like we were talking about mm-hmm. in abundance and freedom. But one thing that like one learning that I had to adopt, and this is about a year ago, I went through some major transition was, um, is that grief and joy can coexist. That's hard for a seven to reconcile because we believe that if you are in grief or in pain, it is robbing from joy. Mm. Um, so I, I've learned that grief and joy can coexist. So that's one thing through just through understanding Enneagram I've, I've had to learn. And you're married to a two, correct? Actually, I thought he was a two for an entire year of dating. And right before we got married, we remodeled his house and he's a one, which is a perfectionist. <laughs> so is he one? And then there's wings, right? There's like, wings. There's yeah. wings. So you, tap, you tap into the number to the left or to the right of you. So he is a one with a, a two wing. So every number you resource from, so I'm a seven. So I'll resource from my six wing and also my eight wing, but he strongly resources from his two wing, which is the helper. So That's he's what a perfectionist. I yeah. And a yeah. helper. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good because it shows you your strongholds or the things that hold you back in life. It shows you your strengths. But what it also shows you, when people really invest in learning Enneagram, here's the best part about it, is you don't just learn and then move on. Like you don't learn all the positive things about your personality. And you don't even learn all the weaknesses about your personality. What you do is you learn how to grow. And so you learn what it looks like specifically for you, the areas you need to grow in. And one of the greatest things I learned and why I keep calling it a tool, it's not the end all be all. It's not the answer to solve all problems. And it should never define us ultimately. But the Enneagram brings clarity, um, but the gospel transforms us. And so that's the difference. That's it's Enneagram is just a tool that brings clarity to where we need to grow, but the gospel is the thing that ultimately transforms our lives. Amen to that. So do you have a favorite number? No, because I've learned that I've learned the strengths of all the numbers. And I think that's what happens is I'll start talking to people and I'll be like, if I ask what number they are, they usually answer me in a don- downtrodden voice. So ones will be like, I'm a one or, oh. you know. Twos are like, I'm a two. <laughs> and I'm like, you can't, you can't say your number like that. All numbers are awesome. And all numbers, I get this asked a lot, what are the most compatible numbers? Mm. And all numbers are compatible when they're healthy. Mm. That's a really and good. And so that's all, a really numbers good. Are, mm-hmm. all numbers are great mm-hmm. when they're healthy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What is the best book? Is it Suzanne Stabil's The Road Back to You? Is that, I think that's is a that, great intro book. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also, it's Ian Cron and Suzanne Stabile wrote The Road Back to You. That's a great start, great intro. I get leery. People want to take a test. Mm-hmm. There is a test. They're only about 75% accurate. And I caution people if they take it to not be married to their number because it really is a journey of learning and reading and studying but there is a test on the Enneagram Institute mm-hmm. called the Ready R H E T I. But I would just encourage you not to be married to your to your results. But it's a good starting point. Mm. Okay, yeah. and um, so let me ask you this: 
what if somebody wants to learn about it but they don't want to read don't you do workshops don't you don't you teach about this I do I love doing workshops this has been one of my favorite things I'm getting certified right now how do you get certified Um, I didn't know this yes uh there is Beth McCord. Her Instagram is and her website are both called your Enneagram coach. Mm. And she offers certifications. Oh. And I will give you links to those in the show for your show notes. But um, she does certifications. And so I'm, I'm finishing up mine. And I love teaching group workshops. I love coming into companies and teaching teams. Um, I can also do one-on-one coaching, but I think groups are my favorite mm-hmm. um, to come in and walk through what Enneagram is, how to use it, how to grow from it. And then I walk through every single number. Okay. So if somebody wants you to come and do that for them, what, how do they get in touch with you, Jen? How do you, and, and how much does it cost? Like, do you have a set cost for training? Like if a company wants I, you or a church wants you or... It really depends on how many people and how long. Okay. So it will vary on that. But uh, my website, jenjet.com, J-E-N-N-J-E-T-T.com is an easy way to get in touch with me. And I, I love putting together something that fits your group, your company, your team, like your tailored. organization. Yes, I love doing that. Um, but it's so dynamic. It's been so powerful for people. It's been great for teams because they start, uh, their eyes start opening to how unique everyone is wired and how to get along. I love teaching how to get along with the people on your team. Oh, for sure. Let me tell you something. It has changed. Like learning about the Enneagram has totally changed how I work with people because I think we have a tendency to take other people's behavior very personal. Like if yes. somebody blows you off or somebody doesn't answer the way that you would answer or like, we're like, why is he such a jerk? Or why is she, you know, she's so short and da da da. No, she's just an eight. You know, she's just business or whatever, you know? And Mm -hmm. I don't know, it's given me a ton of insight into, um, and it's been, it's been mind boggling for like any relationship, a friendship, romantic relationship like just learning like it's not about you like their behavior really is not about you it's about them and it's about their childhood it's about and it's not worse or better than no no it's not because you're right and they're wrong it's just exactly different they see it completely different yeah and it's appreciate helps you appreciate differences that exist in in relationships and in people I've loved it. I think it's been incredibly life-changing. When I read, so I read um, Suzanne Stabile's book and that uh, you uh-huh. know, I just kind of diagnosed myself as a two. But in all the chapters, you know, it has like at the end or the beginning, I can't remember, it like says you're a two if, and it kind of just goes through like <clears throat> 20, 25 characteristics of a two. I was like, I felt like there was a camera in my house. I was like- I know. This this is mind-boggling. How It's like someone's reading your mail. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I was like there's no way that another two out there like that this speaks to them as much as it speaks to me. I mean, she in that book like the two nails me completely. Oh yeah. I yeah. mean, I'm completely motivated by helping and and serving because 
of what I need and want back, you know? Right. So twos, they find their worth and value in being able to help people. Yeah. And so one thing that's understanding that is one thing that's, yeah, well, one, exactly. (laughs) And one thing that's hard for you is to need, you're going to have a Wait, say that again. You broke up. If I ask you, my friend, Mm -hmm. what do you need? What do you need, Tova? You're going to have a hard time telling me what you need. Mm -hmm. Don't acknowledge your own needs because the moment you do, it means you're not acknowledging the needs of others. And that's where you find your value and worth. And so that's awesome that you're such a servant helper, but it can, it can backfire if you're burned out, Mm -hmm. worn out. Mm -hmm. And the moment someone maybe doesn't acknowledge or affirm you in that, and doesn't give I you start that resenting value it exactly. and getting angry and and exactly. wondering why I've done all this, but nobody asked me to. I just did it. Right. No, I mean I'm telling you that it nailed me. I hated it. <laughs> they, they say the one the one that you're most uncomfortable with is probably the number that you are. Oh, that's so interesting. Well, yeah. I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot about myself, and I've learned a lot about my kids. I've learned a lot about my friends. Like. Oh, she does that. She's an she's an eight. She's right. I mean, our friend Cat right. is an eight, yes. and she, mm-hmm. when she said that, I was like, "Of course she is." Like, right? Just like eights. When you understand someone's an eight, don't beat around the bush with them. Don't give them a book when they need bullet points. Right. It's like just get to the point, and they're going to be to the point with you. But don't take it personally. Right. They're that's not being how, jerks. That's how they operate. Not, that's just how they're they're clear communicators. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to clearly communicate back. <laughs> It's so true, but but for a two, it can feel it can feel abrupt, you know, mm-hmm. because I would I would not respond that way. But that doesn't make me right and an eight wrong. It's just different. exactly, exactly. Well, it's so helpful. It is so helpful, Jen. Thank you so much for being with me today, and I'm so glad that we didn't have any technical difficulties. Kev totally came through. Don't say that. We're almost at the end. It's all going (laughs) to fall apart. (laughs) Uh, Okay, I know you got to hit the road. You leave for Italy tomorrow, you poor thing. I know. (laughs) So go finish packing, and thank you for being with us, and thank thank you for what you've started and what you do and how you bless people, Jen. I mean, you really have changed women's lives, and and I know it's God through you. I do acknowledge that because I don't I feel uncomfortable when people tell me I've changed their life. It's not it's not me, it's a God-given gifts in me, but you've answered like the calling on your life, which is just brave. It is brave and you have inspired so many people to do the same and I'm I'm so grateful you're my friend and so grateful that I've learned so much from you and I encourage anybody who's listening who's struggling with a dream or feels stuck or feels afraid, you know, has a dream, but feels afraid, like get, get to camp. Well, this fall, plus it's just in the most beautiful place you've ever been and get to know the Enneagram because it is life changing. It really is. I, and, mm-hmm. and, and if you work for a company or own a company, get Jen to come out and do a training for your people. It's powerful. It really is powerful. So, Proud of you, girl, and I love you love tons. You. <laughs> Bye. Bye.